We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Jesse, are you ready for rapid fire? I think this is the perfect transition into some rapid fire. I think you're absolutely right. Let's start with this tonight. Isaiah Foskey had some interesting comments about NIL recently. He told the San Francisco Chronicle, quote, I feel like I wouldn't have gone to Notre Dame if there was NIL when I was coming into college, end quote. He also talked about a recent Notre Dame signee who turned down bigger NIL money from another school, saying, quote, the price difference was so big, I wouldn't know what to do. There's so much pressure on the player and his family. You can make NIL money when you're at Notre Dame. You just have to work for it, end quote. So what do you think about these Isaiah Foskey comments? <laughs> to be honest with you, I think these comments are pretty out of pocket, to be honest. I don't think, you know, th there's no reason for someone like Foskey to make these comments and, and to specifically say, you know, I don't think I would have gone to Notre Dame had the NIL landscape been the same, you know, back when I was making my decision. Um, yeah, I, I just think it's not a good look for Notre Dame. And as someone who's an alumni, who's going into the draft, as someone who's going to be drafted, I just don't understand why you would, you know, you're basically kind of throwing Notre Dame under the bus a little bit um, and, and <laughs> well, saying that there's better options out there. And, you know, again, I, I, I understand that that's the honest answer. And it's, you know, what we've talked about before is Notre Dame is not going to compare when it comes to a lot of these other NIL schools. But again, this guy went here for a long time. He was committed to the program, dedicated. I just think that there's no reason to make these comments, whether they're true or not. I just don't think that there's something to be said. I, I just don't think that they should be said because you know Notre Dame's still fighting for recruits. There's still people out there. These things get heard. You know, it, it, it could be something that could potentially sway you know someone from committing to Notre Dame. So I really don't like the comments. I don't think that they're necessary. Um, and for a lot of for what I just talked about, it's just really unnecessary. <laughs> I thought the most interesting comment was there at the end, you know, you can make money when you're at Notre Dame, you just have to work for it. And, you know, as we've talked about, you know, with, with different recruits and, you know, just the way things work with NIL, you know, pay for play or whatever you want to call it. That's kind of been, you know, where Notre Dame has been in this whole thing. You, you, you're, we're not just going to give you boatloads of money. 
you're actually going to have to do something to get that money. Like you can get NIL money, but it's not just going to be handed to you in a big fat sack. And, you know, again, he's being honest and like, like the whole fun thing, you know, like the, the Brady Quinn thing. And it's like, it's, it's great in concept, but how does it hold up across the rest of, of college football? I, it, it is interesting that that Isaiah fought like it's one thing to be honest, but it's one thing, you know, it's another thing, I guess, to be brutally honest like this. And but right. for your program's all time sacks leader to come out and say, you know, basically, I don't know if I would have gone there if they would have had NIL, what, five, six years ago when I was coming out of high school. It, it definitely makes you take a step back and. And, and look at it and kind of think about it a little bit. That's more. right. It, it just, is there still some like bitterness, underlying bitterness that he has towards the program, something that he didn't, fu- you know, fulfill in his time at Notre Dame overall? Again, I, I don't know what it is, but to me, there's just no reason to bring up these kind of comments, considering that's the school you went to and you know the challenges that Notre Dame faces already in the NIL landscape. And then for someone who was super successful like him to make even more comments to kind of, you know, already say what's already known is just a little bit out of pocket for me. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So the Chicago Bears, of course, were the big winner when they traded the number one pick in the NFL draft to Carolina last week. But the Indianapolis Colts were one of the biggest losers in that trade because they've got the number four pick and they desperately need a quarterback. So if you're the Colts, here are some potential options that you have. You can stay put at number four, hope no one trades up past you and, you know, get what you get at number four. You can try to trade up to number three with the Cardinals because the Texans have the number two pick. They probably need a quarterback as well. You know, so you're you're probably going to end up with either Will Levis or Anthony Richardson there at number three. And, you know, one of those two at number four is probably going to be what's left over for you if you stay at number four. You can go try to be bold, try to trade up with Carolina now for the number one pick. What are you willing to give up to do that? You can potentially sign Lamar Jackson. You, I think there's like another day that they can do that. Or you can just tank this year and see if you can draft USC's Caleb Williams next year. So, Jesse, of those options, which one are you going with if you're the Indianapolis Colts? <laughs> you know, are there any good options? I, I really don't think that there are any good options because – 
you know, the Bears did what they did. And that's I'll, I'll make my first comment. The Bears swindled the Panthers. The Panthers, everyone said that the Panthers made a great move and that it's worth the draft picks if you can get a great quarterback. I'm not sold on it because, in my opinion, round one quarterbacks are a 50-50 chance. Half the time they pan out, half the time they don't. Um, I wouldn't necessarily give up first round picks and second round picks in order to potentially hit on a quarterback, but that's besides the point. And I don't think that the Colts should do the same to try to go after a quarterback. I don't think that they should give up, you know, put together this package of, you know, potential deals that, that could, you know, get them up a spot or two. And, and really there's not a lot of outside of Stroud, um, and crap, I can't think of the other guy who I've been thinking of a lot. Um, Bryce you know, no, <laughs> Anthony Richardson. Yeah, and so you know, I, to me, the quarterback draft isn't rich heavy. You know, outside of the guys that are going to go maybe in those first couple picks, I I just don't see a benefit of giving up a lot, um, and, and especially just to move up a spot or two. I would, you know, if I'm the Colts, I just kind of let history repeat itself since drafting Andrew Luck and you know Andrew Luck retirement of just trying to find another quarterback this year that could be serviceable you know, maybe on a one to two year contract and hold out for next season. I, I just don't think of where they're at now. And considering that, you know, there's really only two good quarterbacks, in my opinion, that there's enough value to trade up. So yeah, I, I'm on the on the on the, the the thinking or the ideology that they should really just kind of sit this one out again and hope to maybe, you know, land someone bigger next year. I don't believe in tanking overall, but, you know, I, I just don't know what's a better option for them at this point. The problem with tanking is you're talking about tanking an entire season with your eye on that number one pick, and you could very easily end up tied with somebody and lose out on the pit. You know, it's like that's tanking, and it's it's just too much. I, I I don't I don't think that that is a sound strategy. But the problem with the Colts is the roster gets a little bit more expensive and a little bit older every year. Probably three years ago was, you know, where their their roster was as close to optimized as you were going to find. And they squandered that. They haven't been able to get the quarterback situation right. And like you were bad enough this year that you're sitting there with the number four pick and you still are because of the I agree with what you're saying. I don't like the depth in this quarterback draft. Like there's nobody I would want to move up for. So I would take my chances at number four. And the problem is, like, at number four, you're probably not going to, you know, you'll get a quarterback if that's what you decide to do. But I don't think he's going to be a franchise guy. I think Vince and I talked last week. I would not try to sign Lamar Jackson. And it's not that I don't like Lamar Jackson. It's that. It's too expensive. Well, he's too expensive. And you've got to rearrange, you've got to reconstruct your whole offense around Lamar Jackson. So, like, if you're the Colts, is that the offense? Right. That you want to be running. And it's just it's just so different than everything else. So I think I would stay put at number four and see what I get. Unfortunately, it's probably not going to be that great. And the Colts are <laughs> really I think just that they're gonna get they're gonna get I think the Colts should focus on one of those like non-sexy picks. Go after it off a top offensive lineman, maybe yeah. go after one of the top defensive linemen. You know, unfortunately, those aren't the fun positions. Uh you, you got to hit on when you go with like a quarterback in the, in the top, you know, 10 picks. And so to me, I just think you kind of bulk it up, grab a solid kind of offensive lineman potentially, and, 
you know, kind of see what next year brings. But I, I there, you know, people in the chat have talked about, you know, there's going to be Caleb Williams and then eventually there's going to be Drake May. And then, you know, you're going to have Hooker out of Tennessee at some point. Like there's I think there's more quarterback rich drafts to come. And it just doesn't make sense to to draft up and give up a lot when really there's only two valuable quarterbacks this year yep. in this draft. They're just in a bad spot in the draft. And, you know, like they weren't willing to move. Like if there was really one of these guys they wanted, they should have been willing to give up some more draft capital like Carolina did for Carolina to move up from number nine to number one. Whereas you've got the, uh, I keep getting texts during the show where, where, whereas you're sitting there in the number four spot and you couldn't make that pick. So, Hey, what are you going to do? So March Madness is here, Jess. Play-in games start tonight. Men's tournament, full swing starting Thursday. The women start Friday. Which week is better, conference tournament week or this week, the first week of the NCAA tournament? Oh, it's 100%. I, You know, conference tournaments are fun, but the bulk of the season was done in the regular season. I put more weight in the regular season conference champions compared to the conference tournament champions. I don't know about you, but, you know, it's not – Conference tournaments, one bad night can throw you off. You you don't you're not going to have you you have a better body of work during the regular season. So to me, this is no question, no doubt. The first you know couple rounds, this first weekend of the NCAA tournament, you see all the upsets, the upsets that no one was prepared for, um, and you just see a lot of close, good games. This is where it really matters. And like I said, only only one game is what you need in this in this tournament. Now you know, get hot in one game. Uh, maybe end up like Virginia a couple of years and being a you know a one seed losing to a 16. But I like the excitement. I like the unknown. And of course, I like the brackets. I like competing with people. I like seeing, you know, how I stack up against everyone else. Um, because usually, and I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to jinx myself, but every year I can usually get one region like pretty perfect in the first couple <laughs> rounds. I don't know what it is, but one region I'm usually pretty solid on. Yeah. I mean, it's it's without a doubt the uh the first week of the NCAA tournament and because the best part about conference tournament week is the fact is like if you get a couple Cinderellas who are potentially going to be a bid stealer or you know just Cinderellas you know guys who weren't going to get you know, teams that weren't going to get into the tournament and uh you know who who end up there at the end that's the most fun part and that's to me the most fun part about this first week of the tournament as well the Cinderella's come out. The double-digit seeds start winning. You know, the St. Peter's uh, this year, like the Oral Roberts from a couple of years ago, those kind of teams, there's there's always going to be a handful of them. And that's, that's what's the most fun about this week. That and the fact that, you know, like your game start at noon on Thursday and it's just wall-to-wall <laughs> basketball. Yeah, that. this week I'm checked out at noon Thursday and Friday at work, and I kind of got the bosses okay. I'm running the 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 – the office bracket uh, challenge this year. So I sent out all the brackets. I'm going to be keeping people's scores in a spreadsheet. So, Hey, what am I, I'm just doing my job by watching the games and, you know, keeping in the excitement. I'm going to turn the TV on in the office and, and hopefully get enough people to watch. Right. So there's almost always, of course, a five twelve upset with very few exceptions. So what is your five twelve pick for the first <laughs> round this year? Yeah, so I, I'm going to go through the 512s. There's obviously four of them. San Diego State and Charleston in the south region. Uh, you have Duke and Oral Roberts in the east region. Uh, coming out of the west, you have St. Mary's and VCU. 
Um, and, th- and then in the Midwest, you have Miami of Florida and Drake. So I'm going to eliminate two off the bat. I think Miami takes care of Drake pretty easily. Um, and I think Duke takes care of Oral Roberts pretty easily. So to me, this comes down to San Diego State and Charleston, um, St. Mary's and VCU. And I actually like both 12s in this. I like VCU um, and I like Charleston over San Diego State. But if you had to give me one, I really like that Charleston matchup with San Diego State. That's the one I'm leaning toward as well. And Charleston, they like to shoot some three-pointers. They they lead, they are second in the nation, more than 33-point attempts per game that Charleston puts up. San Diego State guards the three-point line pretty well, but Charleston can put it up out there. The other one that I was looking like I'm I'm tempted on that Duke game just because I want Duke to lose and it's like hey, is Duke I think really they're going to go pretty good? far. They're riding hot, you know, like Oral Roberts two years ago with Max Asmus, who is still around. Like I, I can't believe that guy never entered the transfer portal and went and played for a bigger school. But Asmus, you know, like he likes to put him up as well. I do think Duke is probably going to win. The St. Mary's-Virginia Commonwealth game, I think that's pretty evenly matched. They're both pretty good defensive teams. I would probably take the under on that game. (laughs) But I agree with you. The Charleston Charleston one is the one I'm leaning toward the most as far as my 12-5 first-round upset over San Diego State. We didn't coordinate this, by the way. We did. We did. (laughs) We both came to that. That's right. Yeah, and Decoff 18 saying here in the Charleston coach could be a fit. And that Pat Kelsey, I believe, is his name. And that it that that doesn't I didn't ask Tom Noy specifically about him when we had him on because just reading his article, it he was one of the guys that Tom has pretty much eliminated from this process. Don't ask me why, but <laughs> Charleston has had a great season and uh Kelsey was was pretty good at Winthrop, took them to the tournament a couple of times as well when he was at Winthrop, but it, it doesn't look like that that it's lining up. I, I mean, it's really, you know, again, the names that we talked about, the guy at Drake, the guy at uh, Colgate seemed to be. And like Langle, the guy at Colgate, not to get sidetracked on Notre Dame men's basketball, but they've been to the tournament. I think it's like the last... They've won the Patriot League and been to the NCAA tournament, you know, the last four times they've had the opportunity, excluding the COVID year. They've won the Patriot League every other year and got automatic bids. So I don't know. We'll see who it ends up being, though. They're in the tournament right now. So these are the NCAA tournament broadcast teams for CBS. These are the the announcers that are going to be paired up calling games this week. You've got Jim Nance, Bill Raftery, and Grant Hill as your A-team. Then you've got Brian Anderson and Jim Jackson, Ian Eagle and Jim Spinarkle, Kevin Harlan, Dan Bonner, and Stan Van Gundy, Lisa Byington, Steve Smith, and Avery Johnson, Andrew Catalan and Steve Lapis, Spiro Ditas and Deb Antonelli, and then Brad Nessler and Brendan Haywood. My question, what is your favorite, which is your least favorite, when you're watching the games of those announcer crews, man. So unfortunately I wish uh, my good friend Reggie Miller was somewhere a part of this crew because I love listening uh, to some Reggie Miller. And I I'm he so decided excited. he didn't want to do it. That's why they've got Stan van this year. 
And that's that leads me to my next point. I least favorite I'll start out with, and this is strictly because of one guy, and it's the Stan Van Gundy crew. Uh, you're uh, not a Stan Van fan, huh? <laughs> no, the Van Gundys have been a little bit whiny recently, in my opinion. And I just I'm not as much as a fan as I used to be. Like I I I I, I like I said, it's not like I dislike Stan Van Gundy. I, I just think that he's become a little bit whiny. Um, and a little bit hard to listen to, very critical and not just more of like enthusiasm and kind of, you know, what, why the game is good and kind of stuff like this. He kind of gets caught up in like, oh, you know, this is blah, 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 blah. This is why this is bad. And it's just not as much enthusiasm. When we're talking about the college level, you need enthusiasm. Um, and so that's, that's going to be my least favorite and call me old fashioned and call me, you know, whatever, but I'm, I'm going to have to stick with Jim Nance, Bill Raftery. Um, and Grant Hill as, as my favorite. There's a reason there's three stars in that lineup. Um, and it's just, you know, the combination of all three of them. You got old school, you got some kind of new school, um, and then you kind of have the mediator of the group. So that group's my favorite. Um, and that's that's the one I look forward to, you know, the most when the big game is on. Yeah, I, I miss, I'll miss Reggie with with Harlan as well. You know, so that, that really dings it down. You know, this is going to be the last year Jim Nance does – college basketball and the final four. So um, Ian Eagle is going to be moving up and he'll be with that Raftery Grant Hill crew starting next year. So that could be a lot of fun. I think if, you know, I don't obviously live in the New York area. I think Ian Eagle and Raft do uh, like Brooklyn Nets games together or something like that. Does that sound right? For, that sounds for right. Like New York area people. I know a lot of people like that. I think that'll be a good one next year. I, I, I like that number one crew just, just because of Raft in there you know he he makes it a lot of fun i like that um my my least favorite is the spiro ditas deb antonelli pairing and, I, I i for obvious reasons i knew that one was coming <laughs> i'm sorry i've never been a spiro fan i've just never liked him and, and then you pair it yeah and then deb antonelli you throw her in there and you know i, I out at the acc tournament i you know i got you know, some of the up close and personal about Deb Antonelli whining about how, you know, she thinks she's unfairly, you know, like things that she said and all this different stuff and how, you know, just I, I, and then her, her analysis of the game. Sometimes it's there. Sometimes you just need to shut up once in a while. And that's <laughs> what it comes down to. And, you know, just close your mouth and let the play by play announcer talk as well. Um, it is I National have, Pie Day. I'm what? sneaking in a question before we get into uh, some pie. All right, questions. Go ahead. Throw me, throw it, throw it. I got one question very quick. What it is blank that 20 year old, 21 year old pitcher, Nicaraguan pitcher, struck out Juan Soto, Julio Rodriguez, and Rafael Devers and immediately got signed by the Tigers after his showing. Really? I had not even heard that. That is just fantastic. It's like, like <laughs> when you look at the World Baseball Classic, there's so many cool things about the World Baseball Classic from you know, like the crowds and, you know, it's just such a different atmosphere at these games than your typical major league game. And for a kid like that to come in and accomplish that kind of feat and get a big league contract out of it, that's pretty awesome. That's, that's, he uh, was dealing. I saw some of the videos. You got to go, go look up these strikeouts. He's got some nasty movement and you can tell that these guys are just like, Whoa, where is that coming from? (laughs) Where did that come from? Yeah. But I That's saw that awesome. today, and I just thought that that was great. You know, a guy who's 21 yeah. years old going against three of the premier batters in the you know the MLB. It's just a guy making the most of his opportunity, his stage. 
you know, whatever you want to call it. So it's just, it's really cool to see. I think that's like the underlying overarching things that you'd like to see come from the WBC. Some of these smaller guys out of some of these smaller countries get their opportunity. So really yeah. cool to see. Like it's, it's cool to see just places like, you know, Great Britain, the Czech Republic, you know, like places <laughs> that it's like, oh, they have baseball over there. Right. Know that. <laughs> All right. So it is National Pie Day. Give me your two favorite pies. All right. Last question. It's actually P.I. Like P.I. Like, you know, the mathematical symbol. Three point one four one five two six five three five nine. OK. OK. To be. All right. Exactly. I'm going to go with cherry pie and apple pie. Two all time classics. I like cherry pie because, as you know, my mom, your wife, makes some of the best cherry pie there is. Um, and it's it's on beat. And then I can't I can't you can't top a hot piece of apple pie with some good vanilla ice cream on top, letting those kind of melt into each other a little bit. So, yeah, I'm going with apple pie and uh, cherry pie. Cherry pie is the tops. It started with my grandma, my uh, my dad's mom. She was the first to uh, to make the cherry pie, and it's become a family tradition. You're right. My wife's cherry pie <laughs> is primo. I'd say pumpkin pie after that. Oh, like I, I like a good pumpkin, pumpkin pie. Like a good pumpkin pie, obviously around Thanksgiving. So I've never been a huge apple pie guy. I will eat apple pie if it's there, but cherry <laughs> is the tops and then pumpkin after that, I think. All John right. Christophic got in late and he missed Tommy Guns was giving him a hard time <laughs> because uh, I actually did pick Andrew Christophic. I was going to say, you did my grab team him. A breakout players. So that's right. There was some <laughs> false information. He was drafted. That's right. That's right. They were just giving John a hard time. Well, John, you just got here. So um, unfortunately, we're going to have to go. You can go back to the start of the show and, and start watching over again. Sorry you got in late tonight, but uh, thanks for being here as always. Great stuff tonight. Um, Vince will be in tomorrow. We've got the mailbag show. And of course, we've got spring football starting up one week from tomorrow as well. So we've got a lot of spring football countdown type stuff going on. So Jess, I will talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for Tom Noy, to Tom Noy for joining us tonight. And uh, we will talk to you later on Ivy Nation Sports Talk. Goodbye, everyone. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. 
If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.